What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 51. So this story takes place, um, I might have been 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that, somewhere in that age bracket. And um, this story really, really happened. I know as you listen to this story, you're going to think to yourself, did this really happen? But yeah, it really, really happened. I just want to take this time to share this story with the whole world. So a few podcasts, a few episodes back, I did an episode uh, that included my next door neighbor, Mr. Willie. And he was the guy that, you know, took us to church with him and it got crazy when we got to church. Look up the Mr. Willie story if you ain't heard that yet. But this story includes Mr. Willie as well. He was my next door neighbor. But this time he's not taking us to church with him. This time he was locked out of his house and needed my help um, getting back in his house. So this story takes place. Shout out to Dayton, Ohio project called North Lake Hills, also known as North Lake Hills. So back in the day in North Lake Hills, um, the mail, there was a slot in the middle of your front door. And this is where your mail came. But also, if you were locked out your house, if your arm was skinny enough, you could reach through the mail slot and just reach over and unlock the door and get in your house. So Mr. Willie's locked out of his house and needs my help. He comes over and asks my mother for my help. And so, you know, she says, sure. So I go out, but my arm is too big. I can't get my arm all in the mailbox slot. I can't help him unlock his door. He's like, don't worry about it. I got another plan. I got a plan B. And oh, what a plan B it was because his plan B was to boost me up to the second story window so I can go in his house and unlock his door. Now, mind you, he has a daughter and three sons. He didn't volunteer them and they was my age. Well, they was a little younger, but still he didn't volunteer they asked us to go up to the second story window. But for some reason, he felt, hey, we'll get Cedric to do it. My mom asked me, are you okay doing this? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll do it. So we lived in like a townhouse, North Lake Hills, right next to each other, two stories. So the plan was Mr. Willie had this old set. It was a washer and dryer set. This old dilapidated set that had been on his back porch for months. I don't know why he hadn't thrown it away yet, but it was just sitting back there. So the plan was take the dryer, stack it on top of the washing machine, and then he's going to stand on top of the dryer, and then he's going to grab me and then boost me up to the window on the second floor. This is the plan. This is what they came up with. And so this is what I agreed to. So we get out to the back porch. They stack the dryer on top of the washer because, of course, the dryer is a lot lighter than the washing machine. And then Mr. Willie climbs on top of the dryer. Now this shit is rocking back and forth. Now I'm having second thoughts, right? But I'm like, all right, fuck it. We are here. Let's do it. So they give me to Mr. Willie. Somebody handed me to Mr. Willie. And then he, he pushes me towards the window. But I'm not exactly long enough to get to the window. My fingertips can barely get to the bottom of the window. My fingertips, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, and I grab it with my fingertips. And they're on the bottom, pushing me up by my feet. Like the bottom of my shoes are pushing me up. And I'm able to pull myself up 
into the window on the second floor of this duplex. And I climb in the window and I go downstairs and open up the front door and everybody's happy. I'm the hero. The day has been saved. And so this is where it gets crazy because that was the easy part. Two days later, I'm in the house with my younger brother, John. And I'm telling John about what happened because he wasn't there when all of this was happening. So I'm telling him, hey, you know, this is what happened. And I was climbing in the window and I was hanging out the window by my fingertips. And I was hanging just like this by my fingertips. He was like, what? I'm like, no, I'm telling you. And so to show him exactly what happened, my 12-year-old self climbs out of the bedroom window, second, second story, second floor. Now, my mother's on the first floor. She's asleep, taking a nap in the dining room. I'm hanging out of the window by my fingertips to show my younger brother exactly how I was hanging out of Mr. Willie's window. I'm like, John, this is how I was hanging out the window, just like this. And my fingertips, I'm barely hanging on. And I said, okay, pull me up. <laughs> He's like, what? I said, pull me up. I can't pull myself up. He can't pull me up. This is my younger brother. He's like nine. He can't do it. So he grabs the telephone. Remember the old school rotary phones with the wired receiver? He hands me the receiver. Here, use this. I'm trying to pull up on the on the receiver, but the wire is too thin and it's too slippery and I can't do it. And now it's very real because I'm probably about to fall out of this fucking window and break my goddamn neck falling two stories onto the back porch, which is a cement patio. Now, my mother is asleep in the dining room, but where she's asleep at is, is right across from the back porch. So if anything happened on the back porch, she, she can see it. You know what I mean? So I'm not worried about breaking my arm or breaking my leg or breaking my neck. My biggest concern is if my mother sees me falling out the window. Because that's an ass whooping. That's an automatic ass whooping. And I'm trying to avoid this at all costs. So I'm hanging out the window. I'm falling out the window. And I'm barely hanging on. And I finally can't hold it no more. I fall out the window. We had a barbecue grill on the back porch. Hit the grill. Ass first. Bam! Made a whole bunch of fucking noise. Hit the cement with my right arm. Bam! I probably almost broke it, but I didn't. And I look up. My mother's still asleep. I hop up, I haul ass back around the building, and I go in the front door, and I go back upstairs, and we act like nothing happened. My mother never found out. She went to the grave not knowing that her son fell out the fucking window like a dumbass from two stories up being stupid. So that really happened. And um, I just think when I was growing up, man, we just had, you know, everything that we did, the end result, as long as it didn't involve an ass whooping, it was all good. So, that was a situation that really, really happened. Uh, shout out to Dayton, Ohio, North Lake Hills, and uh, thank you guys for listening to my story. I got one more. I'm gonna do um, probably drop an old school army. It's been a minute since I did an old school army story, so I'm gonna pay some some bills. Hit y'all with this. Uh, just bear with me with my uh, my advertisement, and then we'll come back with a part two. Hit you guys with an old school military story. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in a minute.
What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 51. Thanks for coming back. I got another story for you guys. Now, I was in the military for roughly 10 and a half years. I say 10 years because it's just easier to say it that way. But overall, it was 10 years. I did three years, and I got out, and I went back in. I did about seven and a half to eight years the second time. And instead of saying 11 and a half or whatever, I just say 10 years. It's easier that way. But one of my favorite things about being in the military, other than the travel, I did a lot of time, a lot of traveling when I was in Europe. I did most of my, most of my um, career in the military was in Europe. So I went all over Europe. That was cool. My favorite part, one of my favorite parts about being in the military was when I would be around soldiers who was older than me or who was, had been in the army longer than me and just listening to them tell stories like the back in the day stories and stories about their previous units or stupid shit that happened to them when they was deployed. That was always my favorite part of being in the military. So on my podcast, man, I want to include stories like that from time to time. Just shit when I was, that I seen when I was coming up through the ranks. You know what I mean? So this story happened when I was in basic training. I was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, 1996. And it's co-ed, right? Now, for those that don't know what co-ed means, it's, it's, it's men and it's women. You got some some duty station like Fort Benning, Georgia, where it's just all men because it's infantry down there. But where I was at, it was co-ed. So they had a split where it was like 60 women, 60 men, but we was in the barracks right next to each other. So when we first get to basic training, they split us up. It was this old drill sergeant named Drill Sergeant Kennedy. He was a dick. Oh, my God. This, he was terrible. He was awful. And uh, I remember something he did that was really fucked up. It was, it's funny now, but it's fucked up how he did what he did. So all the women are lined up. And we just got there, and everybody's nervous and just trying not to piss nobody off. And he's talking shit to the, to the female soldiers. And everybody's like, I think it was 30 of them, right? It's 30 females, so it's five rows of six. And all the women are standing there with their duffel bag in front of them, and they got their civilian bag behind them and all the extra shit with them. And he said, this is what I want you guys to do right now. Now, they were standing in front of this barracks. The barracks was about four floors. And he's like, I want you to grab your duffel bag, your personal bags, all your stuff, all your belongings, I want you to go into this door on the bottom floor. I want you to run upstairs to the fourth floor, come over to this fire escape right here, and then come down the fire escape, and then get back in formation, lined up just like you are now, and I want you to do it in four minutes. Are you ready, ladies? They're like, who are drill sergeant? Ready, go. And they take off, and they grabbing all their shit, and this one's helping, this one grabs shit, and they're pushing, and... You see them go in the building, and they go up the stairs, and they go all around the building. And you see them come down the fire escape, and they lining up, and everybody's sweating and breathing hard and shit. And Drill Sergeant, no, it was Drill Sergeant Patterson. That was his name. It wasn't Kennedy. It was Patterson. That dick. It was Drill Sergeant Patterson. So Drill Sergeant Patterson's like, very good, ladies. That's how he used to talk. He was like, I don't know if he was trying to imitate Major Payne, but that's how he used to talk. So... All the women are back in formation. He goes, very good, ladies. You got back downstairs a lot faster than I thought you was going to make it. But you know what? 
I forgot to set my watch. And since I'm a fair man, I'm going to give you a chance to do it all over again. And this time, I promise, I promise you, I'll set my watch. Are you ready? Go! And the women were pissed. They were so fucking mad. And that was a dick move on Drill Sergeant Patterson's part. But that's just part of basic training, man. If you think about going to basic training, it's not the physical shit that gets you. It's the psychological shit. I've been on details where they had me cutting grass with a pair of scissors. That type of shit. But um, another thing that happened, I remember, we had a... Uh, this. Okay. So, when you're in the military, you shave every day for the most part before a formation. Now... There are situations where people can't shave every day. They got sensitive skin, and they get what's called a shaving profile. And this, this is it's like a doctor's note that says this guy doesn't have to shave. So you might see a guy with a full beard or a goatee or whatever. That's probably because he can't shave or his face got all the bumps all over his face. But day one, like in basic training, you don't have that yet. So you shaving every day, and coming to formation without your face shaved. It's a very big no-no. That'll get you fucked up quick. And I remember we had this drill sergeant. I don't remember his name. He was a big, giant Samoan dude. And most of the drill sergeants would yell at you and they'd scream on you. But this guy was the complete opposite. But it was something about him that was even scarier because he didn't scream at you, if that makes any sense. Like, he would just look at you. And it would scare the shit out of you. So... It's, five, it's formation, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, we're all lined up, and this drill sergeant is walking up and down the ranks, looking at everybody's uniform, making sure your boots is shine. This is back in the day when they had the old school leather boots and the green and black camouflage BDUs, right? And so he's walking up and down the ranks, checking everybody's uniform and their boots, and he walks past a guy who didn't shave. So he like he looks at him and then he walks past him, but then he stops and he takes like two steps back, like walking backwards, and he does a right face and he's right in the dude's face. And he's like, Did you come to my formation? He said, Did you come to my formation and not shave this morning? He said it real cool. And the private was like, I'm sorry, I got up late. I was in a rush. I'm sorry. He's like, You have two minutes to get the fuck out of my formation and come back down here with a shaven face. Do you understand? Roger, drill sergeant. Disappears, come back. So that motherfucker bounces out of the formation, runs upstairs. I don't know what he did, but he came back in like a minute. He's in formation. Drill sergeant looks at him and he gets in his face. This motherfucker is bleeding everywhere. He was so scared. I don't even think... I think he just dry shaved his face just when you take the razor and just shave it real fast. But he cut his face all up. So now it's blood all over his collar. And he's bleeding. He cut himself so bad. He had to go to the goddamn sick hall <laughs> to get his shit cleaned out. But it was because he was so scared. It's the psychological trauma that fucks with you. I got 117 stories like that. I'm not going to tell them now. It is 1 o'clock in the morning. I have to get up in the morning. I got to get up and make pancakes for the babies. So it's time for me to bid you all adieu. But listen, before I go, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to give a couple shouts out uh, to my man Kevin, also known as Sergeant Moonshine. Thank you for listening, my man. Um, To my man Rob and Jimmy from work. 
Thank y'all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Christina, thank you for listening to my shit. Um, everybody at work, all of my old army buddies, all of my partners, Joshua, Jamil, all of y'all, man, I really appreciate you guys listening to my podcast, giving me five minutes out of your day. Hope I put a smile on your face and make you laugh just a little bit. That being said, I'm about to wrap it up. Oh, one more thing. Please be safe. This coronavirus is out there and it's very real. People are talking shit. People don't give a shit about corona until it, until it affects them or somebody that they know. So don't be that person. Please, if you're outside, please wear your mask. Please be safe. Wear your gloves if you got to. Don't leave your house if you ain't got to. Be safe. And um, on that note, I'm going to shut this shit down. Thank y'all for listening. God bless. God bless. Be safe. And good night. Adios.